Welcome to The Sustainable Life. This is Josh Spodek, and I'm here with Nadim Akhtar. Nadim, how are you doing? Good. Yourself? I'm very good and very pleased to speak to you finally in person. And uh, you are the second guest or listener guest that I've had. And actually, you, I've been in touch with you for longer than Janet, who was the first one. She suggested, so she got to be the first. And then after that, uh, I, I invited you, and I'm glad that you came on board. So if it's okay with you, I'm going to read for the listeners a bit about you. This is going to be in your it's first person, meaning you, because it's the email you sent me. Yeah. Uh, my name is Nadim Akhtar, born in Pakistan, moved to Norway when I was seven years old with my mother. My father had emigrated to Norway in 1971, and we were the first Pakistani family in a small town called... Uh, Ryukan. What? Ryukan. 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 Yeah. Telemark County. Yeah. It was a good place to grow up for all of us, parents, older sister, and brother. Yeah. Later, I studied at California State University, Fresno, completed your bachelor's degree and post-bac in business administration, uh, financing in finance and a minor in international marketing. You came back to Norway in 1992 and settled in Oslo. That's where you live with your wife and two children, and you're a civil servant working for the Norwegian Public Road Administration. In your free time, you like jogging, going for walks in the woods, along lakes, this is what I picture in Norway. It's like everyone's jogging, going for walks in the woods along lakes all the time, or along the fjords, and also doing some voluntary work for people with disability. And the way we met was that you contacted me. Do I remember right that the original contact was that you proposed Abdal Hakim Murad? Uh, yeah, I mean, that was after I have seen your, uh, your podcast a couple of times, yeah. Uh, that's why then, then I started listening to your podcast, and then I... I, I had listened to Murad, you know, uh, Timothy Winter or Murad's name, the Muslim name. So then I suggested uh, to you to, to have him on your podcast, yes. I'm curious, well, if there's more background of yourself that you could put in, and also how did you find the podcast or, or the, the blog? Or which did you find first between my podcast and my blog? I, I just was, um, uh, just uh, one day we're looking at uh, some, uh, you know, about... Gro Harlem Brundtland, the former uh, Norwegian prime minister, you know, who uh, she she talked about sustainability in nineteen you know nineteen eighties, and then somehow I got into your uh, your uh, uh, podcast about sustainability, and then started listening, and that was just by chance actually. I um I never heard about you, I mean, and uh, I found it very interesting actually. And it uh, was interesting that you were talking, you know, that things you were doing on your own. I mean, from apartment in, in New York. And I uh, said, well, you know, you were doing a lot of things. That, and a lot of things make sense, actually. And uh, a lot of what we are doing, you know, I, I'm driving my electric car, you know, but uh, still, you know, we pollute. <laughs> so uh, I'm listening to you. and But I felt very kind of, um, I, I started doing small things, like, you know, you have, that you're saying you're picking up, uh, you know, you know, garbage when you walk in through the park in New York, going to school. And I started doing that too. I mean, just uh, after you. And then I, the other day, I saw another lady who's also doing that and uh, in my neighborhood here. And I really, I really liked that. And so I thought, well, we must start uh, a club here and uh, making more people coming in. Pick up, you know, pick up at three things at least, you know, on your way. Where are you going? So, uh, so I mean, I, I learned a lot from you, actually. So uh, then I asked you to uh, get a, a Murad on on, you know, on your podcast, and then then I started f- you know figuring out because you had a lot of different people with uh, you know Christianity in there, and 
well, you know, why not? Why not a Muslim? <laughs> so uh, then you did, and uh, it was fine. And then you know, the mosque in Cambridge. I have I haven't been at the mosque in in London, Cambridge. And that's one of the you know mosques which have got a lot of prizes because of that. You know, the way it has been built. You know, they take care of. They have you know you know making the footprint as low as possible and making sustainable. So it has won a lot of prizes. And uh, just being a, you know, a Muslim, a better Muslim, it makes sense. And, uh, it, you know, almost going hand in hand with what, what you're talking, uh, taking, care of, uh, taking care of your environment and not, uh, not um, you know, uh, buying stuff you don't need and you can live through with so little as you, you are showing and you're, you're in New York too. I, I, you know, I, I can't get hold of it. You have to tell me, you have to teach <laughs> me how to make it. I messed up last night. <laughs> so. I want to learn it, but um, uh, it's difficult about, you know, the, the, the doof stuff you're talking about. I mean, that's, uh, you are way behind. I mean, you are way ahead of me, you know, because uh, it's not easy to get, you know, to put away all the, you know, the, the sweet stuff and you know, the unnecessary, you know. You know, it, you know, in Norway, you know, it's a common thing on Fridays. People, uh, or Saturday, they go for chocolate, you know, uh, the good stuff, I mean, uh, they, they sit in front of TV and then you have, you know, uh, with your children and you eat chocolate and things like that. But it's kind of, uh, it's uh, slipped over and you start doing the three, four days and it doesn't make any sense. So I, I'm, I'm getting better, better with it, but I mean, I'm, I'm way behind you on that issue. I'm so touched and heartwarmed by many things. One that you found it, that you kept stuck with it. Uh, listening to the podcast that is, and yeah. and also the, I already knew that you took the active role of suggesting Murad, uh, who was one of my favorite. Well, <laughs> they're all one of my favorite guests. <laughs> but uh, I mean, one of the big things I want to do is bring people on that I have no idea about, or or even especially people that I disagree with. So with him, it wasn't disagreement; it was just new territory for me. Yeah. So of course I wanted to have him on. So I appreciate that suggestion. Mm. And anyone who's listening to this, if there's someone that like is off my radar, I would love to bring. That's who I want to bring in most, especially if they're influential and he is. Mm. And also to the untrained ear, they might think that when you, that I, I, okay, you talked about picking up litter to the untrained ear. They might think, I like that you picked up litter, but the person who knows me really well would know you picked up the pick up litter is the physical manifestation, but you liked it and you shared it with others. Yeah. The, the emotional experience I heard that you like it. You're like, why didn't I do this before? And now that I'm doing it, I'm not going to stop. Like, mm. did I, do I read that right? Yeah, I mean, uh, I am uh, what what I felt in the beginning. I felt it, but I don't know why I did. But I felt kind of a little bit shy of people, you know. And if I start picking, you know, but then I said, you know, no, no, I shouldn't be shy, you know, because uh, I'm just doing my uh, civil servant <laughs> public duty here. So, uh, but then I saw another lady doing it, uh, uh, doing it. And uh, then I said, yeah, it just makes sense, you know, uh, doing it. And because, you know, why do you want to mess up your, your neighborhood, you know, I, I mean, or, or anywhere else? I mean, why, uh, you know, throw things around? It doesn't make any sense. So uh, now I'm, do, I'm doing it. I mean, in front of people, I, uh, you know, if they think I'm kind of a weird guy, well, <laughs> so be it. So, so uh, it, it goes. I mean, so it, it's, uh, it's all right. It, you know, three things. Uh, there are so many things out there, and I mean, uh, unnecessary, you know, people throw away. I mean, three things are not not a, not a big issue uh, to pick it up, and, uh, and, and it makes sense, too. 
have you gotten to the stage where I've gotten to the stage where when I see people, uh, there's the people who litter, which I cannot fathom. I mean, I can, I can, it's a, it's an exercise in empathy and compassion to reach the, to internally try to imagine doing that, like to be someone who would just drop litter on the ground. And in fact, yesterday I was walking along and I saw someone drop some litter on the ground and it was two guys, probably about 20, 25 years old. Sometimes when I do that, I'll say to the person, oh, I think you dropped something. And they usually go and pick it up. And these two guys started being like, whatever, it's litter. Who cares? No problem. Why do you care? Why? And I was like, I, it, it wasn't until I walked away that I missed the opportunity to ask them, are you serious? Do you really not care? Because they were like, why would you care? Like, mm-hmm. what doesn't matter? Okay, so that's another story. But to me, when I look at people who do not pick up litter, even if they're not the ones who littered, I still feel like, what are you doing? I, they're not in the same category as the people who actually dropped the litter, but I mm-hmm. still feel like there's something wrong. Like, how can you not clean up your, how can you pacify without, you don't have to pick up every piece, but you, how can you not pick up some of it? And you know, the, the first response is if I actually say that to someone, they'll say, oh, well, it's dirty. I might get, you know, like I don't have gloves. Uh, you know, there are syringes in around here, but that's total bogus. I mean, it's, it's very easy not to pick up a syringe and pick up the, the, you know, the coffee cup that someone else left. It's very easy not to hurt yourself picking up litter. So it's, that's not the reason. Mm. But have you gotten to where you feel like the people who don't pick up litter, even if they're not the ones who caused it, are missing out? Oh, yeah. And um, no, I, I, haven't, I haven't come across that. I, I will, of course, I will. I mean, I, the, well, I will see people just walking by it. I mean, uh, but uh, like you said, you know, people might take it, uh, you know, they might get offended or, you know, they might get aggressive or things like that. But, you know, it, it depends how you say it to you. Well, I don't mean saying it to them. I just mean your own personal, my personal impression when I see someone pass litter without picking it up yeah. internally, without saying anything to them, I think, how can you not pick up something? Oh, yeah. No, I think, I think basically people are okay. And, but they, they're not tuned to that, you know, that, uh, you know, that the light bulb hasn't started to, you know, it hasn't lighted yet uh, up in them. Because for me too, it wasn't when you mentioned it in your podcast, then I started doing it and I said, it felt good. I said, um, I, before I died, it was, it was like, it, when it was a big thing in front of me, of course, I would put it, pick it up with small things, you know, I just passed by. I, I mean, I talked about it, but I, when I thought, I tell my wife, you know, man, look at here, I know, what, what a mess. But I um, then we just pa- walked past it. But now it's, it's more, uh, wow, okay, that's, uh, let's see, where is the, you know, where, where is the bin where I can throw the thing in? Or I just pick it up where I walk with it. Till, I mean, till I find the next bin or whatever. But um, now it's, it's, it's much easier. I hope everyone listening is starting to think, if, they don't, if they're not already picking up litter and doing lots of things just for the fun of it, I hope they're picking up. It's how would you describe it as fun? It's re, I would describe it as rewarding. I describe not doing it as really missing out on something. How do you describe it? Yeah, um, for me, it's like oh wow, I I know it's, I did something good. You know, it's very satisfying for myself. <laughs> so I, I you know I, I I mean I don't clap my back, but um, I feel good and I think all right, I've done three. I don't know I could have done more. And then I thought about really going a little further. I mean. I should have this, you know, what this um, community workers, you know, in, they pick up with this, uh, this, uh, 
this rod that they have, you know. Oh, the tweezer things, yeah. The, yeah, right, the tweezer. The grabbers. I might buy that one next time and just walk through the whole whole neighborhood here. You'll be the guy that everyone's like, he's the one. And you'll be like, yeah, yeah. I started this podcast. This guy, this guy <laughs> the podcast got me doing it. My own bar, garbage can, I mean, I mean, plastic bag, and just try to walk all the whole of my neighborhood out here. Actually, I'll tell you that this morning on my, uh, so I'm at NYU right now, I walked through Washington Square Park and regular listeners know that Washington Square Park has always had drug dealers. Now there's all these crack and meth and fentanyl users. So there's, now there's the meth and fentanyl people, they're lost in terms of picking up litter. They occasionally, one of them will pick something up, but it's really a big mess. But the people who sell uh, cannabis, they actually, and now it's becoming more and more legal so there's people who sell it. There's a guy who's got a table out and he's selling cannabis openly. Oh, yeah. Now there's a Dunkin' Donuts bag. Dunkin' Donuts is one of the biggest amount, like the stuff with labels on it, like mm. Donald's, Starbucks, Dunkin' Donuts. These are the, the really big ones, Gatorade. And anyway, there's a Dunkin' Donuts bag. And I say, hey, is this yours? It was right by this table. And he goes, no. And I go, I'll, I'll throw it away. And, and there's two of them. And the other guy goes, hey man, thank you. Thanks. Or something like that. And I just turned and gave him like a thumbs up but I didn't do what I meant to do. And there's this dream that I've been having for, uh, you know, on the street, usually store, if someone operates a store, they usually clean up in front of their store. Mm. I want the drug dealers in Washington Square Park to clean up the litter around them. And so I'd miss the opportunity. I'll have to do it another time that when the guy goes, Hey man, I really appreciate that. I can turn him and say, you know, my dream is that you guys who sell the drugs also clean up the neighborhood, clean up at least around your thing. And I, I would love to be the guy yeah. who gets the weed dealers in Washington Square Park to clean up the park, yeah. or at least their area of it. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, I was really scared. I was in the San, uh, at my brother's place in California in summer that you sent from the, the, the you know, the, um, the pride. Uh, uh. Yeah. I mean, I thought, you know, what the heck is going on? Is that possible? That was terrible pictures you sent. I said, is that possible? I mean, we have pride here too, but uh, we had in Oslo, I mean, uh, about a, about a month ago, uh, no, I mean it, it, it was canceled due to a, a, a shootout here. So it, it was another city here in Drammen. I mean, um, not too far from here, and it's not like that. I mean, and uh, what 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 you show showing is not that bad. I mean, it was really bad. What the, the picture you are telling me uh, is terrible. So much, and you know, like you said, I mean, uh, I, I hope people will read it. Well, you know, you're putting the dollar at work. I mean, at the wrong place. I mean, the community worker that is, you know, I don't know, city of New York or the county of New York will spend money and picking up the picking up the mess. And we could have used the money on other different things, more more productive things than picking up uh, your rubbish uh, after a party. So, uh, like you said, you know, using your tax dollar money. And also, almost everyone identifies it as a, as a sanitation issue. But yeah. for one thing, no amount of sanitation could keep up with the supply. It's a supply. It's an oversupply issue. Yeah. But at the level of the people who buy the stuff, buying plastic bottles, it's just unbelievable. It's just shocking to me. And yeah. when I was a kid, people didn't eat while walking down the street. Mm. And now not only do they eat walking down the street, but I don't see people eating an apple walking down the street. It's only packaged doof. Oh, yeah. yeah. Earlier you said uh, dropping doof is difficult. And yeah. <laughs> now if you say it's difficult, that does make it difficult. And certainly your community around you is, if they're all doing it, it's a little more difficult to go against the grain. Yeah. Although if you tell them, look, I'm stopping, help me, support me. 
that you might get some support. Yeah. But here is something that this won't actually help you, but maybe it will. You won't be able to sense it. But if you could sense how sweet fruit tastes to me now and how like I was eating a salad this morning because I'm not having salad, right? It's uh, my yeah. apartment's unplugged. I don't, the solar panels broke. So yeah. all I can do is chop, you know, fresh fruits and vegetables. And, and um, but the lettuce is, lettuce used to be kind of flavorless to me, bland, maybe a bit of bitterness. Mm. Now I can't believe how sweet it is. It's like candy. I never noticed that before. And I think that the longer I go without doof, yeah. the more I'm attuned to very slight nuances and I'm increasingly thinking I'm, I'm just barely approaching what food tastes like or tasted like for everyone up until doof became doof until, until doof came, uh, they started making it. Mm. Cause I think if you lived never having eaten sugar, I think, I think I might be tasting what everything tasted like before. And so if you can imagine that one day in the future, yeah, your, your apple will be so sweet that ice cream would be disgusting and that broccoli would be so full of flavor that, that chips and Doritos would taste like uh, the plus on my side, it's not just that this stuff is difficult to resist. If you're addicted to it, someone is at the other end of it and there are people getting together and they're saying, how can we make this more? They won't use these words, but how can we make this more addictive? How can we get these people to, so they can't stop? How can we get them so that they want it when they don't have it? And I don't like that. I don't want to do business with people thinking and acting that way. I don't know if that helps you. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, in a way, uh, the one thing you mentioned, I also started noticing that people walking down there, you know, Oslo downtown, I was walking with my wife and one of my oldest son today. Just had a walk there. I, I biked down. I met them in downtown. We did a walk. And then I started seeing this. So Noticing that people are drinking a cup of coffee, you know, and they're you know, eating hamburgers. And now I'm starting, I, I'm also starting to notice that thing, I think. So, uh, but I, I, I don't, uh, I eat, I eat something like apple or, uh, or banana you know, on the go and things like that. But, uh, but yeah, it helps uh, because I mean I'm not cutting the doof overnight, but it, it's getting better. Yeah, it is. So hopefully, I mean, um, and hopefully I can cut it down as much as I can and go over to the alternative, uh, uh, you know, food. I mean, real food. I mean, uh, you know, apple or uh, kiwi and things like that, which I don't eat that much since I'm eating a lot of that. Um, that the easy food or, or, or doof. I mean, but that, that's only done in, in the weekends. But still, it, it's no good anyway. So um, hopefully- yeah, If can... you're going to go out on a Friday night and enjoy yeah. extractions from plants that are addictive, I would say cocaine and heroin. Do that instead. And then have the, when you say like it continues on through the weekend, just have your, to me, I don't see much difference. Oh yeah, okay. yeah. I mean, that's uh, that's uh, extreme. I I I, I saw. I, mean, I heard you saying that. And I said, well, you know, I thought Joshua is on some other planet, and uh, he's uh, way beyond. You are. Uh, I mean, you are where I think. Um, I don't know if it took how much time it took you to come there, uh, because you feel so comfortable saying that, and you are. But uh, how did you go through that? The steps to coming there. Did you suffer along the way? On the contrary, it, the way I'm increasingly describing it, I'm, I'm, 
I'll tell you, there's this oil company that I'm working with now on um, helping these executives. Um, you go through the Spodic method, but I do it in a corporate setting and yeah. workshops with, with corporate leaders. And this oil company is one of the most polluting companies. I mean, if I mentioned its name, everyone would know it. And in order to work with them, they have their own corporate leadership um, way that their corporate leadership works, uh, leadership training. So they, my thing has to fit with theirs. And one of the things they have is very common in business. You have um, a, a mindset shift followed by a process of continual transformation or continual improvement. Mm. And I started adopting that language and I realized it really is appropriate that when I, it was something like eight, nine years ago that I challenged myself to go for a week without buying any packaged food. And for context, I'd earlier than that, back in 1990, I challenged myself, not challenged myself, I stopped eating meat. Yeah. And then I also like, because of um, uh, avoiding doing business with South Africa, I stopped drinking Coke and Pepsi. This is back, mm-hmm. you know, when Mandela was still in prison. And, um, and then eventually I cut out hydrogenated oil and I cut out uh, corn syrup. So I'd done these little experiments, but all of those were for my health. Well, I guess the Mandela stuff was, or the South Africa stuff was for apartheid. Yeah. But avoiding packaged food was something that I, that was the first time I thought I'm actually depriving myself. Other people can cook better than me. Why should I not do this? It was, I felt like I was, that was, I expected deprivation and sacrifice. Mm. Then everyone has seen, I'm sure you've watched my TEDx talks and and hopefully Mm. people have seen them. So they know that there's a period of, of um, struggling of like just basically steaming vegetables, salt, pepper, maybe a little vinegar. And my stuff didn't taste very good, but then I stuck with it and it started tasting better and better. Mm. And then I had this experience of, or this recognition that I liked the change more after I thought I wouldn't like it, but then I ended up liking it mm. when I really got to it. So that, that was the mindset shift that inadvertently happened to me. I didn't plan it, but that happened. And then that set the process of continual improvement. What else fits this pattern? So I knocked out flying, unplugged the fridge, disconnected the apartment from the grid. And each one of these things with the not flying at the beginning, I thought this is going to be the worst year, but I kind of had a sense that it might, it did seem to fit the pattern with the, with the food, with the packaging. And so it was about two or three months that that switched. But then after that, it was unplugging the fridge. I really had no idea how I would pull it off. I didn't think I'd make it more than a couple hours or maybe a day or two. Yeah. And three months the first time. And now we're coming up on, I'm a month away from a full year. So I may never plug it in again. Wow. So each step after the first one, maybe one and a half, was curiosity and expectation of what's the joy that's hidden here that has always been there, but I didn't know because people lived without refrigerators forever. Yeah. The refrigerator is the, is the abnormal thing, not unrefrigeration. So it's really not, it's really, I'm, I'm at first stumbling forward and now striding forward. Going off the grid was not, oh, poor me, I'm taking one for the team. It was, oh, I wonder what's going to happen now. How am I going to pull this one off? What's, what's hidden behind this? And so now today is day 97. So I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to say when I'll plug back in. Do I go for 100 days, 101 days? Do I, I'm not sure when I'll plug it back in. Uh, yeah. Uh, that's, uh, no, that's interesting. That's very good, actually. They're doing that, actually. So, um, no, I mean, um, oh, oh, yeah, like you said, now I can, um, 
uh, I, can, I can learn from you and then um, then start doing that and then experiencing it. and you know it's it's um it's a threshold you know you have to get by that and that's what I'm thinking for myself if you get to buy the threshold um, and after that will it's going to be a more or less of a routine uh, to to keep you on that um, on that line or or, or um, you know or, or on that new new uh, new way of living or whatever you would call it so i can just keep on going that but i know i try to get on the threshold and then i fall back again so you know yeah, i'm playing the ping pong up and down but i think if i just go get by it and then uh, just keep on uh, enforcing the good behavior after all so uh, it's possible i yeah about the getting getting rid of eating the do stuff and all because i i, I don't feel very good afterwards anyway I feel good, you know, when you're eating it, enjoying watching TV with, with my friends, whatever you do. But afterwards, you, you don't feel that good anyway, later, later. So, I mean, I, of course, I don't drink. Uh, I, I don't miss that. I mean, so that's fine. But, uh, yeah. So, I think, um, yeah, I think I can pick up some uh, some good lessons from you, actually, basically. There may be more more than one thresholds to pass. I think the, the one where I don't feel like sliding back is where it's become part of my identity. And then... But along the way, there's other thresholds of like looking forward to it, even if it, even it may feel challenging, but I'm still looking forward to it or mm-hmm. recognizing like when it becomes easy is an earlier stage than when it becomes part of my identity. Yeah. Now, to me, the idea of, of like if someone gave me, I don't know, a Snickers bar, I would recoil like what the. There's no, there's no struggle in me. Like, oh, that would taste good, but I might regret it later. It's just like looking at it. Like, why would I do that? I mean, it would be like someone handing me a syringe with heroin and saying, here's some heroin, go for it. (laughs) I mean, the sugar is more addictive. Yeah. It's just legal. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And um, you know what? I got just got an idea now, actually, what we talked about the threshold. Uh, I don't know. It might be a tangent, but it's, it's a good lesson for, I mean, I, you know, if I can share it with you. Uh, it's um, yeah, going to Hajj, uh, the pilgrim I did in 2019. Uh-huh. That was a that was a definitely interesting story. Actually, it might relate some of the stuff we're talking about. Actually, but it's like you know, my wife wanted to do that. You know, for many years, like ten years last years, I I worked a, as an auditor in Qatar in Doha in Qatar in, in the Middle East. But uh, I was so close there. I mean, three four hours by car, but I still couldn't do it. And I can, we came back. After a year, I started working in for the government again. Uh, just had a year off to work in Doha. But and then in 2019, I, I did the Hajj. But it took me six, seven years. But it might be a little bit different. But stories that, you know, I was not ready inside. So I was, um, you know, my wife was being ready for the last 10 years. But and then I started praying. Then Allah gave me the gift to go to Hajj. You know, I'm Muslim, you know, given the gift. And then 2018, it started to uh, to uh, come forward, and then 2019 in January, I I was ready, and we applied for application and did the classes, and went off to Saudi Arabia in 2019 end of July, and that was good, and that made me change actually, because then I started making, I became theocentric. That means I put the religion in the middle, you know, uh, starting making plans around that area. Okay. I got five prayers a day, right? Okay, 
if I'm traveling, I'm going here and there. Okay, where can I pray? You know, uh, and I can start putting a schedule around that. You know, that uh, the praying schedule. So that just happened two, three years ago, actually, and I feel very comfortable with that and sharing with my friends. You know, the Norwegians. You know, Norwegians are very easygoing people, and, and you know, it's a very secular society here in, I mean, in, in Scandinavia. And people are not much willing to talk about uh, Christianity or, you know, things like that. If you talk about that, you know, that is almost gone. Nobody talks about that. Uh, that's too bad. But then he started, I started uh, becoming more comfortable talking with my friends, Norwegians, basically. The, that, you know, I, uh, I'm going on Friday prayers, you know, and uh, I just, I'll be back in half an hour, 45 minutes. I feel more comfortable sharing that, actually. So, uh, and that, I think that experience might also help me in getting rid of the dupe in a way. So I try to relate that actually, because I, I went through a very tough time actually, I mean, getting to Hajj. But when I did that, I'm glad I did it because uh, you have to experience it. I mean, seeing Mecca for the first time with your, uh, your own eyes and made me, uh, made me a better, better person. And I think, well, you know, you've done that. And then you can always uh, rely on that uh, experience to to make you better man or better human beings on other areas you, you want to be better in, like you know eating better food, uh, getting rid of that, driving a less car, or be more environmental and things like that. Well, it goes hand in hand with Islam. So if I can relate, if I can put relate to my uh, my Islam Islamic tradition, I, I think it's gonna, just going to be helpful for me. To be more uh, more aware of the of the of the society around me, so um, so that's that for me. It's going to help actually if I if I put it related to that experience again. So uh, because that was a uh, uh, I was praying for the last couple of years to get you know get the gift to make me ready uh, to go to Hajj, and then in, and it happened in January two thousand nineteen, and and from there on it just it's like a. Uh, a nice experience all the way until we, we, we sat on the plane and uh, took off from Oslo and via Turkey and landed in Saudi Arabia for two weeks, two and a half weeks. So that, that's, a, that's a good experience. So I think I can use that in, um, you know, what's, what this environment, what we people are making this environment and the environmental issues, problems, we're going to destroy, we are, or we are already a good way to destroy the whole, the whole earth. I mean, so, um, so that's a, that's a part I can do, and I can cheer, I can tell my wife and my 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 children, so um, I can talk with them about it, and they can make their own experience, and then um, hopefully they will they will also do it on their own way. The magnitude of the change that you described uh, before and after going to Mecca reminds me of uh, a big influence on me was Malcolm X. I don't know how big he is outside this country, but his going to Mecca before he went he was talking about the blonde haired blue eyed devils and how they were all bad. And when he came back, he was like, I sat down next to him, prayed next to people who are blonde haired blue eyes. And it was an about face. I mean, a a huge transformation. I've always attributed that to him, his magnanimity or his um, openness that it's difficult for a leader who's, or for someone in the public, a public figure who is known for a very strong stance to reverse that. Well, reverse big parts of that stance overnight. So I've always, held that and as a held him as a role model for being able to do that yeah then now you talked about having putting how did you put it religion at the center uh um what was the word you used 
Yeah, I mean, uh, I just read them, just picked up the word, I mean, a couple of days ago, theocentric. Theocentric. It means that you put that religion in the middle. I never heard about that word. And I thought, and I had to look that up. I had to look up Wikipedia. Yeah, theocentric. That means putting religion in the middle. And then you, then you, you know, for me, it's, you know, it's Islam and praying, you know, uh, praying five times a day. Well, you know, it's not a big issue. It's not a big deal. I mean, Norway is a free country. Uh, and, and yeah, you know, I can, you know, at work, I can go to find a small place and a small meeting room. I can do the prayer, take me five minutes and one or two prayers come during the, you know, working hours, you know. So it's not a big deal. And um, and I think Muslims in general have, you know, it, I mean, at least in Norway uh, or Scandinavia, they tend to have, uh, the media has, you know, made a lot of uh, bad, and writing a lot of bad stuff about it. You know, the Islamists, you know, you know, that's a total different story. I mean, though, those people are making, killing people or suicide bombs had nothing to do with Islam. They, they're not Muslims. So I mean, just put that that aside and put them away. But the, the the normal way of living for a Muslim, you know, you take care of your neighbor. I mean, you take care of your kids. You 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 contribute to society. You know, you go to work and uh, you pay your taxes and things like that. And that's Muslim here. We Muslim have to do it in in a way. So. I'm also pretty pretty sure that a lot of Muslims have have messed up by themselves here in Europe. I mean, now also in, in a certain degree in America, because Islam is is not a excluding uh, uh, religion. Uh, if you look at history of Spain, you know, uh, Islam was there for three hundred years, and they told the Christians and the Jews, "You can stay here. I mean, you can stay here, and but okay, we'll be the Muslim leader, but you can stay here with your religion." What happened a couple I mean, hundred years later? The, the Christian came over and they killed all the Muslims. They couldn't handle that. But the Muslims are, uh, they, they are tolerant. You know, I, um, I have a lot of Christian friends. I, uh, feel, I, feel, uh, I feel okay with them. I mean, I'm not trying to convert them. But they, they ask about Islam, I tell them about Islam. And uh, try to be a good example of that. And that, just, that happened for me more clearly when I did the, uh, did the, the Hajj. The pilgrim, it came much more clear. I mean, I'm saying I'm about 50, you know, I got to start, you know, when I'm going to start to being a better human being, a better Muslim, I better start now. So I told my kids, you know, you want to do a hajj, don't wait to get 60 or 70. No, no, do it as as soon as you get married and get on, man. It's it's going to be good for you. And uh, they will decide themselves when time comes up for them. Putting religion at the center, when you said that, it made me think of, of, uh, my environmental stuff, I, I don't know what people perceive from the outside of me. Most people get it wrong. It's, to me, it's how I affect, my impact on other people is at the center. I, I think this fits. I have to play around with it more because I just heard your, your conceptualization. But when I'm avoiding packaging, when I'm avoiding flying, I think most people think, but my mom is on the far side of the ocean and I want to go visit her. But I'm thinking... Well, there's people who are going to be breathing these fumes for thousands of years. There's people who are being displaced from their land to get to the fuel underneath and to get the resources to build the planes and stuff like that. But I don't talk about it that much because once my stepbrother, not sorry, my brother-in-law, my sister's husband asked me about this. And I, he said, you know, why do you do all this? And I said, because I don't want to hurt people. And he's like, ah, I was like, what? what? He goes, well, you just blew it out of the water. It's like you just went for the jugular. And I was actually just expressing how I felt. But not thinking about how I was just answering his question, not thinking mm. how it sounded to others. 
And then during the pandemic, I remember, you know, they had all these pictures of showing, uh, you could see the Himalayas from Delhi or something like that, that or, and the water was running clear in, in the, the Venice canals because people weren't polluting so much. And I showed my stepfather the picture and I was like, see how clean it is. And he goes, yeah. And I go, I go, this is why I do this. Why I avoid flying. And he was like, oh, I'm like, what did, <laughs> what did I say? And he was like, don't make, he, he, he actually said, you sound like, a, um, like you're trying to convert me. You sound like a, uh, like we have some friends, he says, who are um, uh, proselytizing all the time. I'm like, it was really foreign to me to, to, I couldn't get where he was coming from, like why he wouldn't want to hear. And I, I tell my parents and my stepfather this all the time. I'm like, I, you guys don't understand where I'm coming from. I, I, I would like you to understand and I'll do my best yeah. to convey it. But <laughs> when I do convey it, they're like, ah. <laughs> but the, this feeling of having at the center of, to me, it's doing to others as you would have them doing to you. The golden rule, which as far as I know, is in every culture we've ever discovered or, or have looked at. Maybe some it's not, but I think it's in most of them. And we, we don't do that anymore. In, in the mm-hmm. United States, with regard to the environment, we've abandoned that principle. Yeah. And, you know, individuals here and there don't, but largely, you know, if you're buying plastic bottles, if you're getting takeout, you've abandoned doing to others. Mm. And so that's at the center for me is like what radiates out from there is what, how am I, am I hurting others? Can I stop hurting others? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's basically that, you know, I, um, uh, for me, uh, doing sustainable ability work, helping people with disability, volunteer work. I mean, it, it just, uh, it just integrates with my Islamic faith, actually, now. I mean, I'm thinking more clearly with that. I feel more comfortable doing that, actually. And I think, uh, you know, Muslims in general, you know, it, you know, the, the action speaks louder than words. You know, if I, if I pray five times a day in my apartment, then don't know my neighbors outside and you know, i you know they don't know what i'm doing you know this this guy's muslim you know and, you know that um, be a nice um, your neighbors i mean to deal with them work with them help them wherever and that's what i'm teaching my children and they hopefully they're picking up actually and they they feel comfortable too i said well you know we're living in a country in norway it's uh, a <laughs> Basically, I mean, the religion is wiped out from Norway anyway. Christianity is having a hard time in Norway, actually. The people are, I mean, they, they, I mean, I feel sometimes sorry for the priests here. I mean, they, they can hardly talk. I mean, they, if they start talking about the Old Testament, oh, man, you, you are, what are you talking about? You know, you, you know that's done, with, but we're done with it. I mean, so priests are really having difficulty in Norway. And they, they, they push them in, I mean, all over at the back, you know. Uh, so, like, I met a priest actually uh, two years ago. I talked with a priest here, and they were they were trying to shut down some of the churches there. So, I, um, you know, because of money on the and, and Oslo city budget was uh, getting squeezed, and said, so, "Well, you know, a lot of churches here, uh, we we pay a lot of money to keep them uh, maintained. Well, we might sell it off." The uh, municipality said here, and then I said to the priest, "You know, I don't think it's a good idea." That you should should put down the you know sell off the too many of these churches, because from the history of Norway or the the church had a role and uh, still has a role. I mean you know people you know uh, funerals when getting married and things like that. And it, I don't think it's a good idea to just you know to to take it all the way out and just shut them out anyway. So she was gets very surprised. She looked at me and said, "You're Muslim?" Then yeah, I'm Muslim. I live in this country here. I don't think it's a good idea. She, she really appreciate that. I was the only one who said that. 
other one, other people on Norwegian didn't say a word. <laughs> so uh, I mean, um, that's it. that's what I'm saying. I mean, as a Muslim, I I respect the Christian people. I don't want to hurt them. I want to live in peace with them. Well, I have to say that my the more sustainable that I get, one of the trends that I see in my life is more ritual, like that I. That I, fall, I mean, because ritual seems to me it doesn't require burning fossil fuels. So it really hit me when I when I unplugged the apartment and was going up and down eleven flights of stairs twice a day. <laughs> that I just felt like it. it I didn't think about the, tr- the like the I could look at it as drudgery, and I did at the wow. beginning. But then I thought, I'm mean, partly I thought you know my ancestors when they were hungry they didn't just swipe on their phone and get takeout delivered. They had to go find an animal and, and, you know, shoot it with a bow and arrow, or they had to dig some tubers out of the ground, or they had to climb a tree and, you know, gather stuff. And going up and down the stairs, it's kind of felt like that. And religion has lots of components to it. I think ritual is one Mm. of the big ones. Uh, There's the belief in the supernatural, which I'm not going to, I'm not going to adopt much of that. I don't, I don't anticipate it. I can't tell Mm. the future perfectly, but Ritual and tradition, I, I feel like are big parts of religion. And those are, I sense, increasing. Mm. But I want to get back to more close to sustainability. And, and partly I'm curious how you liked the episode with Abdal, the episodes with Abdal. And also what episodes of the podcasts are, do you have any favorites? Do you have any ones that made impressions on you or that you shared with others? Yeah, I, I think the one you you had with this, uh, uh, with this Colorado people i mean the uh dave gardner yeah right that one yeah <laughs> these people in there were singing and <laughs> talking about suzanne we look boulder color colorado and i liked really that one because they were talking about you know the same thing that you're doing but uh, they they were just um you know uh, talking um sometimes a little bit different angle but basically same thing as you are you know talking about and uh, take care of the environment and don't pollute and things like that. So I, I really like that one, actually. And, um, yeah, of course, with, uh, with uh, Murad in Cambridge Mosque, I uh, really like that one. And uh, some of the stuff you had uh, with the guy in L.A. Uh, about this, um, he wrote about um, oh, this uh, amphetamine, all the drug problem in, uh, in California. And he wrote about the book about a guy who was in prison and uh, he was interviewing that guy. I forgot his name. Yeah. Um, yeah. I enjoyed that one too. So, yeah. He wrote the book um, Dreamland and. Yeah. Dreamland. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was LA or San Francisco. I forget. Was it LA? California anyway? Yeah. yeah. His name will come to me. He made a huge impression on me, especially the discovery of uh, how much fentanyl was coming into this country yeah. and like cost was no object. It's, it's mm. just flood the, just flood the market with the stuff overproduction. Yeah, and I realized how much that is the issue is same with fossil fuels, just flood the market with plastic. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, there are, there are a few, I mean, very good one. And I will always thank you, man, for that thing you gave me that the book about uh, negotiations that helped me because I'm a, I know now in talking about unions in America, I mean, that's a no-no thing in America, but unions are, 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 are a big thing here in Europe. I mean, at least in Norway. 
you know, some um, unions uh, for uh, masters of business students here in uh, at work. So we're going to start up negotiating for payment now. And the book you mentioned that I, uh, I'll listen this is getting to, to yes, right? Yeah, it's helping me. So I'm, I, I'm starting reading up again and listening to it. And uh, it gave me good points, actually, because you know how to how to negotiate with your, you know, with the uh, employer, you know, because uh, you're supposed to live, you know, we're going to meet after and negotiate. And we're going to live with each other. We're going to meet each other, work together and how to deal with that uh, stuff, because that's kind of a. Uh, an easy situation to be in, actually negotiate. I mean, it's not easy actually, but uh, reading and listening to, the, to that book actually helped me a lot. Actually, so I, I share some of the stuff with uh, my colleagues there, and uh, yeah, they were a little surprised about what I was telling them. But I said, well, you know, uh, you know, they, they were surprised by my approach. Then I said, well, you know, if you look, if you listen to that book, I, 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 uh, I got have got from my friend in the US. I said, yeah. Yeah, why don't you bring it on? I said, okay, I can give you, I can give you to it. Read it, actually, because it makes a lot of sense. And, and because there are people who have done negotiations many, many times, they have a lot of experience. And uh, do you have some books I would uh, like to read? I mean, about leadership. And uh, I haven't come that far yet. But uh, so uh, there are a lot of good things here you're, you are doing. I mean, as, uh, yeah, as you are teaching too at, uh, at the university there. And uh, yeah, um, I'm picking up some stuff from me and hopefully I can give something back to you. <laughs> How about um, between solo episodes and guest episodes, do you, do you listen to the solo episodes too? Did they make any impressions? Yeah, sometimes I, p- I pick up your solo episodes and, and especially when you, when you went uh, off grid. Uh, then I was, I was listening, I mean, a couple of them, ah, what's going on there? Uh, that's really interesting. Um, that, yeah, I mean, still doing it. And the meeting we had with this uh, this uh, electricity company, uh, you had with uh, podcast with the two people uh, from uh, I don't know how was it. Um, oh, the Manhattan Solid Waste Advisory Board. Yeah, right. Maybe a couple of days into it. Yeah, what two the two persons you were chatting about with that you were you were you were taking off the grid and they said uh, they were they were also very. I mean, surprised and pleased to hear that uh, what you were doing. I mean, they uh, think, you know, right in Manhattan, what are you very little? Is that possible? Yeah, it is possible. So, uh, I mean, that's to come a couple of, and a couple of TED Talks I, uh, in the beginning. I, uh, I was listening and studying at that a couple of times. Do you also listen to other podcasts? And not much, actually, not much. Uh, yeah, uh, Muslims. I, uh, of course, Murad uh, from uh, Cambridge Mosque. I, uh, I do that because I a lot of things he's talking about and it makes sense and it makes it nowadays you know when it talks about what Muslims uh, are doing today and how to get integrated and um, how how to contribute to to the society that Islam or being a Muslim should not be anything uh, uh, should should not hold you back you know anything like that you are uh, uh, I mean look at look at Norway here I'm a small country five you know. 5.6 million people living here. I mean, I've got people, I mean, Norwegian converts. I mean, uh, I mean, they're good people. I mean, uh, they know, I ask them about Islam. I mean, even though I'm born a Muslim, I mean, I, I don't I know all of it. And I need to read and I ask them and they're good people. They're working and they are contributing to society. And uh, they are good. But what I felt in America, uh, let me tell you that. What 
where I learned most of Islam, actually was in California when I was studying, actually. That's what I learned more about Islam and myself back then. Not here in Norway. I was brought up here from 7 to uh, 20, then uh, and I left for U.S. And that's under my studies in California, that's where I really learned to know Islam, actually, much better. So I met a lot of uh, Muslims there. And that's what I'm saying. America is interesting, actually, uh, in a way. They got uh, pockets of... Um, uh, you know, pockets of interesting, um, what do you call, um, groups of people. You know, there might be, you know, Muslims doing very good stuff. I was in San Diego. I was talking with the mom, mosque there, with the imam. Very interesting stuff, you know, the contribute to society, you know, that, you know, integrating with the society. And that was very unknown for many years ago. You know, you were just doing your stuff. But now they're talking about, you know, we got to do something in society here. We're living here. We're going to die here in this country. You know, let's do something good for the country with the people uh, who are uh, non-Muslims. And uh, I, I like that. I like, I mean, I mean, you are good, doing good stuff. One time I complained to my mom about, not complaining, but I was describing to my mom about how, how much litter there is and how dirty it is. And she's like, if you don't like it, why don't you move away? And this was like a total misunderstanding of the difference between wanting to change and lead versus wanting to do good for my, wanting to do what I wanted to do and disregarding everyone else. Of course, I want to be here because of the problems. They're not going to solve themselves. And I don't see anyone else solving, at least on sustainability. I don't see, I don't, I see virtually no Americans who are, um, how do I put it? I want to distinguish between funding. So what they will call green, renewable, um, clean energy sources, but are not, they're not. They're, they're polluting. I mean, you need fossil fuels to make solar and wind and so forth. And people missing these systemic effects so that no one gets it. And so everyone's what I call stepping on the gas, thinking it's the brake, wanting congratulations, as opposed to actually effectively lowering and, and changing culture. So mm-hmm. those problems keep me here. And the determination and resolve keeps me, uh, you know, I have to, I do want to give up virtually every day, but there is something, there's a part of my personal leadership is the practicing and developing the skills to when I feel like giving up, when I feel dismay, when I feel um, helpless and hopeless to transform that into resolve and expectation of success and finding out, you know, okay, it doesn't work to say it this way. What, what way will work? What way might work? And all right, now we're going to switch tones. Are you ready to do this poetic method? Okay, all right. Now, you've listened to many episodes. Have you thought this through of what your answers would be, or are you kind of going into this? Um, um, it's not blind, but... I'm not really sure. I mean, let's, let's, let's see. Yeah, let's go for it. I mean... <laughs> okay, sometimes people are like kind of prepared, and they know what they want to do. Or Anyway, okay, so, um, so the environment, I, you already answered this, but I'm going to ask anyway. Hmm. Is it something you care about enough to act on? Yeah, I mean... Uh... What, what, uh, yeah, I care about the environment. I do. I mean, uh, reading about it every day. And uh, so I, I'm doing my part of, of it. I mean, but now I'm not really telling my, my children too that, uh, you know, they, they, I mean, if we don't do our part, you know, and uh, it's going to be uh, do your part and be, be satisfied with that because the changes, like you said, comes with yourself, actually, you know. If you say, no, no, my part doesn't help. I mean, I'm the only one here doing it and the neighbors or whatever, my friends, are, they don't care. So what does it make sense? Yes, it does make sense. And that's, you know, 
you know, that had to click in your brain, actually. If, if that clicks in, then you will do it. <laughs> so putting aside what you read about in the papers and predictions of the future, hmm. picture yourself at a time in your life when you've been out in nature, something that, you know, something that you're doing that you're not burning any fossil fuels, you're not polluting, and maybe you're wearing clothes that are, you know, made out of polyester, but you're, you know, you're doing something that you like in the past. Hmm. What is, what's around you? What do you think of? when you're like, what's nature in, in some state that you've enjoyed? I, w- I would say lately, I mean, uh, uh, a couple of years ago, after, especially after doing Hajj, that uh, I, I saw very clearly that walking in the woods, what I do with my wife, we, you know, at least once a week in the weekend and long walks, that uh, I appreciate more than actually being in the nature actually and uh, it, it's it's more I'm, I'm more aware of that doing that more instead of going downtown or being in a shopping center i don't like being in a shopping center if i just need a stuff i just pick up the stuff and leave but i don't go well let's go take a break at the shopping center no i don't do that but it gives me much more being out in nature actually but but that's there again you know the, the, the religion my background is uh, I, i'm integrating into that because that makes me more um Unless it's sustainable with me to keep on doing it. I mean, if I if I'd done it without my religion now, I don't know if I could, if I, if I could have kept it up that that good. But now it's making more sense. You know, it, uh, you know, it makes it makes sense uh, to being in the nature and see uh, listen to the birds and may, make you calm. Uh, everything like that. I think like that. I, it's not a burden to, to pick up the bike and uh, bike for ten minutes and then I'm in the wood. And it gives me something, yeah. When you're out in the woods, what's there? What does it look like? I mean, what do you see? What do you hear? What do you touch? What do you... I can I can hear the birds. I like that. And sometimes I, I tell my wife, let's just sit down and listen to the birds, listen to the water. Just um, it's, it's so nice and calm. And uh, see, now we are totally on your own. Uh, nobody's around us. I mean, we are, we are totally alone. It's nice, actually, to, to, to experience that, actually. And then we just walk and we talk and then um, we praise, uh, you know, we praise the Lord <laughs> at the same time. What do you see? Is it, I mean, is it different? I mean, now it's summer, but is it different in winter and spring and summer and fall? And Oh, yeah. I mean, in Norway, it snows a lot. I mean, winter, I, I like cross country. So uh, for me, it's uh, really, uh, you know, what they say. It's really true. You know, you should try it if you, if you tried it. Uh, going for, a, you know, in Norway, Cross country is very popular and they make their tracks, you know, you can go for miles and miles you know, in, in the woods. I, I do that, um, you know, taking a, you know, in kilometer, you know, 20 kilometers, 15 kilometers, uh, you know, a round trip on a cross country and gives you a lot, I think. Uh, for me, it's, it, it, you know, makes you feel very calm and everything is white, you know, everything covered. And then you see all the four, you know, the, the seasons, you know, and then you have the, um, autumn and the fall and all the leaves fall up and you get different all the kind of colors there and then in winter everything is white you go skiing enjoy out there and then you have the spring with all the greenery and all the flowers coming up again yeah so um that's what i'm trying to to inform my my children and they some of them they're picking up uh, some sometimes they come with me sometimes they go with their own friends so um, they will learn. They will learn by themselves, I think. You mentioned calm and you alluded to other. Can you name some other emotions that you feel when you're out there? 
I, I feel calm. I can, uh, uh, I get new ideas. I don't know. I, if I start walking, I feel like uh, jogging in the in the woods. And uh, if I if I'm sending some, um, I'm doing some uh, assignment at work. You know, sometimes I get the new idea how I can solve it. And uh, it's good if, if I'm gonna have a meeting uh, with uh, hold a speech. It it gives me some refresh your mind out there. Uh, so uh, I feel calm. And um, what I do also there, I mean, when I'm running, I um, yeah, I do zikr zikr. Uh, okay, that's a that's a, a Arabic word. I I praise the Lord in my side, you know, in my side, and it it, it gives you gives you I mean um, good feeling that. Um, yeah, keep me on the right track. Basically, that's what I'm saying. Uh, keep me on the right track. Keep me on the, you know, uh, uh, my kids on the right track, and we can be a good citizen of this country here. Uh, that's basically what it is. So, based on these feelings, these experiences, the the calmness, the it sounds like a mix of creativity, but also just a, a liberation from something constraining the creativity, and and. Um, involving your family, mm. I invite you to put aside fixing the world. Mm. This is not about helping make the world, uh, you know, it's not about sustainability, but to do something to, I invite you to think of something that you could do to do more of, to bring about more of any one or combination of those emotions, those feelings, those experiences, something that if you're up for going for it, something that you're not already doing that uh, you do yourself. So not getting other people to do it. This is not organizing other people. And that has some physical component, not just reading or watching a movie that you don't have to measure anything, but when you're done, you can say, you know, I left the world a little better than I found it. But the point is to find something that you're not already doing to manifest calmness or that liberation if that's the right word mm. of you know of the things that you get from that you want to come up with something a different thing um but <laughs> um, um yeah i mean i'm not sure i mean it's it um let's let's put it this way i would i would be much more uh less satisfied with myself with if i have not a chance to go out there I mean, in the wood or walking in the, uh, along the water. I mean, so um, um, it gives me a peace of mind. I don't know how to say it. It, it's, it gives me that uh, I will miss it, you know, if, if I don't do it. Let's put it this way. I, um, um, I'm used to it. I have, I have to do it. So I I'm not sure if I'm... Well, I'm not saying to stop doing what you're already doing. I'm saying to come up with something... To yeah. try, or I mean, some people shift forever, but usually it's to try something out to, to bring about more of that. Yeah, um, it's difficult to say. I'm uh, perhaps I'm not understanding you correctly now, but uh, I am. Um, I and hard to say. I mean, I I, I just enjoy doing it. Basically, I uh, I will miss it if I die. Uh, I, I I do it on a weekly basis, and uh, it gives me something, and I share with people. I'm confused about saying that you're missing it because I'm not saying yeah. to stop anything that you're already doing. Yeah, I'm saying, do you want to come up with an additional thing, something that you're not already doing, also to do? Yeah, 
Uh, well, then you have to help me out a little bit there. I mean, I, yeah, I'm, I'm not uh, catching up there. <laughs> yeah, everyone, everyone at this stage is like, yeah, I'd like to, but I can't think of anything. Although almost every time after a few minutes, they say, oh, you know, I've been meaning to do this thing. This will be my chance to do that thing I've been meaning to do. Not everyone has that. But yeah, so it takes a bit of going back and forth of what's an area of your life that you might put something, you know, some experience with nature into it or some experience where you're bringing about that calm or that uh, um, connection, the, the things that you described that you get out of that. If you could find another place where you could do that. <laughs> oh, find another, another place to do that. Um, yeah. It doesn't have, it can be walking in the woods. It, it could be something totally different. Yeah. I mean, it can be simple as going for a walk. I mean, um, just outside my neighborhood there, outside our apartments there building, or going over to uh, my friend's place. I'm just walking. I mean, um, I don't know if I can say that. Yeah. Remember the, the picture I sent you there? It was a kayaking. That's, uh, that's, I, I enjoyed that. It was a very good experience. I did one. That picture is about two years old, I think. It's about half an hour from here. Uh, it's a lake, uh, very nice one. And that gave me something because I haven't, I haven't done much of that. I came so close to the water. And, um, and then I started, I had a very, yeah, very, uh, very good experience doing that. But I haven't been able to, to um, put that in more in action, actually. But uh, that was that was something different. Uh, what I haven't done actually. But you know, it uh, at the same time you're back again. You know, in, in nature. You know, yeah, I'm yeah, I'm just trying to do a little bit different thing. I think about learning more to uh, to um, sail, and but I haven't I haven't got gone gotten around doing that actually. But um, but being in the nature, yeah, that's uh, that's gonna be. I think that's gonna be stuck with me the rest of my life. No. Well, is there anything that you've been meaning? Here's a, here's a way that a lot of people do it is there's something that we meaning to do. Maybe it would be sailing, but maybe it was something else and to give it a shot. And then I'd ask you to come back a second time to share how that experience went. Okay. In your case, I might propose thinking about the area of food that because you've talked about it a few times in this conversation, that maybe there'd be something that it feels like that's an area where you have you have to gain those feelings of what you get out in nature. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're good in that, man. You're, you're good. You're catching up. I mean, uh, you get, you get the point. Huh? I am. Um, I'm not connecting that two dots there. I mean, in, in that connection, I do stuff there because I'm getting, uh, I'm getting lured into that do uh, stuff, but I, <laughs> But I messed it up, but I, I don't feel good afterwards. I try it again. I feel, you know, what are you, what are you doing, Nadine? Man, I mean, you're just cheating against yourself. I mean, it doesn't make any sense because you're, I mean, you, you're doing a lot of good other stuff is doing. What is this here? Why, why is this holding you back? But um, yeah, I, uh, I would, I, uh, I, I would rather, you know, get on that issue and become better on that. Actually, I think it's going to help me much more to be more productive because I'm, I'm writing my books now. I mean, the book I'm with my father and uh, I feel when I eat more healthy and um, it's going to definitely going to help me anyway. Um, just an example. So do you anticipate something around, do you anticipate that you could bring about in, in the area of food and your eating, the 
something like what you get when you're in nature? If so, can you think of, you know, is there something you could commit to for some time that if I asked you how it went, you could say, this is how it went. Yeah. I'm not saying you have to change forever. No, no, no. no I mean, yeah, that, that'd be good, a good idea because uh, I have something that to look forward to. And then I have some, uh, you know, specific plan, you know, uh, then we're going to talk again. You know? Yeah. I mean, that, that'd be good, actually. That, that's what I can do, actually. In a three months, you know, they want to... Or where are you now? You know, from from now till now, how how do you do stuff? Have you have you re- reduced that? And what have you instead put in that in instead of eating dupe? What are you done with your um, you know other stuff? You know, are you eating more healthy? Or how is your life now? Are you feeling better or things like that? How is that reaction to your body? And you think like that? Well, you've probably heard enough episodes that the next step is to make it a smart goal. Yeah. The next step is to, although I have to interject for a second because you keep saying eating doof. And personally, I will not use the word eat to describe what I do with doof. Eating is for food. Consuming <laughs> is doof. I won't say eating doof. Yeah, consuming it. Let's say consuming it. Because that, then, then it makes more worse. Saying that, yeah, you're right. Because then I'm making it more worse. And that's okay. Yeah. It, well, it confuses people. Like, I, I, people get confused that doof is food as if heroin is poppy seed extract or you know, cocaine <laughs> is coca leaf extract. Doof is as different, you know, I can eat rye bread and that is not the same as whiskey. Whiskey is a very different thing, even though it comes from rye. I think it comes Mm. from rye. You know, grains and alcohol are not the same thing. And and food are not the same thing. So Um, anyway, let's make it a smart goal, specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, time bound. Okay. What's something you could do for how long specifically? Oh, yeah. Let's say now you're talking with September soon. Uh, what if we pick it up in December before end of this year and uh, in November, December, if we, uh, if we have a talk again? Because then um, I, have a, I must have some uh, gained some really good experience with that. You know, either I'm uh, uh, comf- you know, above the threshold and keeping it there and it doesn't make any, uh, the, um, it, it's not difficult to be there uh, and keep it uh, going all right so we'll the, so the time will be november december and after yeah. we stop recording but before we hang up we'll set that date yeah and yeah what will you do specifically well i start today i mean i i today i just had a little bit of chocolate today and i i felt uh because you know they they, they do stuff actually like you started actually this do stuff and uh, it made me really sense when you were talking about it and I uh, listened to your podcast, and uh, because it, it 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 hit me very um, in a good way, and uh, but uh, it's hard to put in practice. Yeah, it is, uh, but I mean it's it's not impossible because you know I'm telling you about going to Hajj. It took me six years to uh, to 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 do uh, do that, but and it's it totally changed my life after that. So now you you know you're, you're talking about after Hajj, before Hajj. That's my life. So I mean, doing the do, I don't think they're going to take that take that long because now I have the experience with the, with the Hajj, and uh, it's going to be uh, it's going to be uh, hopefully going to help me. It will help me because I know that because of faith, and uh, you know if you put the faith in action, you know, because you know the faith says that too, you know, uh, you know, don't eat, uh, you know, what what does uh, what what did uh, our Prophet Sallallahu said, Muhammad? Yeah, one third. Here, one third of the food, one third water. You know, then you have it there. But I have to apply it. I'm not doing that. All right. So I'm going to ask again, specifically, what do you commit to? 
And I ask this because it makes it much easier. The more specific it is, the easier it is to do. Okay. Uh, let's, let's stay this way. I, uh, I uh, try to be realistic. Let's see if I, I, I can eat um, chocolate or whatever, the goodies, what do you call, only one day on Saturday if I want. I don't have to do it, but I can still do it on that day. But not the other days, you know, not, I mean, not Sunday, not Monday and Tuesday, whatever. And then the do stuff is, you know, the, the way you are defining it is wide. It's really wide. You know, that, that counts for biscuits, uh, I mean, sugary stuff, whatever. But on Saturdays, well, you can eat, um, you know, if you, um, if you really want, but you, you don't have to, uh, one day then, you know, at least one day. Because that's that's what I did as a as a as a child uh, in in Telemark in, in the Rukal. So that's what we did. But now it's, it's slipping out, and people are eating every day. Uh, me too, like three four days. Uh, it doesn't make any sense. So I I, I would say that um, if you want to eat it, okay, have it on Saturday, and that's it. And uh, but not not like that. You are you're binging on a chocolate. You know, you know five six chocolates or. Uh, Pizza or Coke, whatever. I don't eat. I don't eat and drink that much Coke anyway, or sodas. But uh, you have to be careful of that. But I think if I try, if I'm, if I come that far, I think it's going to help me a lot. It's going to be a big change for me anyway, if I can make it. Okay, so for my purposes, yeah. as lo- I found through experience that as long as it meets these criteria of that, you're doing it from. I mean, I guided you. I, I put it in the food direction, but. And that was really from listening to early in the conversation, but that it's something that you've, you've come up with and, and hopefully driven, motivated by some of the experience you have walking in the woods and skiing and things like that. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's something you're not already doing. So you currently do eat, I'm sorry, you currently do consume doof on days other than Saturday. So um, it's new. It's not, you're not already doing it. You're not telling other people what to do. And that it's, um, I think it has a physical component because you're not, I mean, you didn't mention this, but at least from my perspective, you're not funding the industrial companies that make this stuff. And Mm. um, so you're not gonna be throwing away wrapper. I don't actually, I don't know what you'll replace it with. Maybe you'll replace it with cocaine. (laughs) (laughs) No, probably not. (laughs) No, but I mean, hopefully I can learn the, your stew making it because i i really want to learn that actually oh i recommend it yeah the your uh you're making a stew actually um i uh because i i didn't want to learn to i think it's good for me actually if i learn to make that uh, i think i'm i will enjoy eating it actually but i am i'm not i i couldn't make it it it, it didn't work out for me so now i could i you might want to, if you search around my blog, you'll see that I, I walked um, Johan in Sweden in doing it when he, he did it once in, um, oh, where was it? It was in the Middle East. He was at uh, the Swedish pavilion in, um, uh, you said Qatar, something Qatar, but it wasn't Qatar. It was, uh, what's it called? The big city the, um, uh, in the Emirates. Oh, uh, you mean Dubai? Yeah, Dubai. Dubai. And I led him remotely to lead a workshop in making the stews oh, yeah. there. And then he, okay. and then we did it again in Sweden a couple of weeks ago, uh, a couple months ago. Okay. Yeah. And, um, and then I, if you want, I can send you the blog post that, uh, yeah. where I, I describe how to do it. Actually, yeah. if you go to my, um, 
let's see, joshuasplodick.com slash favorites, I think. Favorites, yeah. Okay. All right. I, because I think I, that's going to help me, actually. Oh, it's joshuasplodick.com, my favorite posts. My and favorite posts. Okay. Yeah, or my dad. I'll put it in the link. I'll put okay. the link for the listeners. And then I'll also for you, I'll put it in the chat. Okay. And if you scroll down, it's like the, um, it's in the first top 10 or so episodes that, uh, okay. Or your links that describe yeah. how to do the, uh, how to make the stew. Cause I get a lot of requests for that. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Uh, okay. Yeah. And all right. So now I'm, uh, now I think the thing to do is to pick up where we leave off here after you've done these. So after we stop recording, but before we hang up, we'll set the next date. But before we stop recording, mm. is there anything that we didn't cover yet that is important to bring up? Or is there anything you want to say to the listeners before wrapping up? No, I, I would, uh, I would say that, you know, if, if you haven't, you know, listen to your podcast, you should try it. I mean, uh, follow it. And, uh, uh, you know, sometimes you can be a very, let's say, uh, uh, I don't know, the, might, might not be the right word, a little bit provocative, but in, in a good way. But if you think about it, the, the way, you know, the way you're saying it, it's a good thing. But, uh, you know, they, there are different angles you can tackle it uh, the, the way you are doing it, but I think uh, you have your approach. But uh, the end, the end work is that's important thing that you're making it better. You are, you know, pretty much uh, way ahead of us. I mean, many steps. So we're coming after in a, in a way in that in that sense. So I think uh, I'm, I would uh, tell people, my friends, to listen to your podcast. And make up their own minds, you know. So much to pick up on there, and we'll have to pick up there next time. Yeah. Adi Maktar, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Joshua. How many people are bringing a message of joy from what everyone calls saving the environment, but I call the future? Step by step, this podcast is creating a culture of joy, community, and connection around sharing and acting on our environmental values. Again, there's no profit in buying and wasting less, but we'll all love our lives and relationships more when we do. I can use your support. Please donate at joshuaspodick.com slash donate. Again, that's joshuaspodick.com slash donate.